This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. No my Heidi Mai, Kuatete Wai Hipuna Korero, Kukali Paikaho. I'm the Communications Coordinator at Go Eco Waikato Environment Centre. We are an advocate for the environment, a centre for learning, and a catalyst for change. Hipuna Korero shares the mahi of our team who work in biodiversity, transport, kai, and enterprise projects. No Tera Wiki, last week on the podcast, Anna and Joe's Fukado was the intersection of food waste, food security, and a vision of a food sovereign Waikato. Ka whakawhiti o e te awa o Kirikiriroa o nā rauwiri i paiana. Across the smooth valley of Kirikiriroa is gardens bursting with the fullness of good things. These are the words of King E Tafio, a mai mai aroha or lament. Kirikiriroa was a well-known food bowl. You can whakarongo listen to that podcast from freefm.org.nz or from your favourite podcast platform, Hipuna Korero. Atera Wiki, this week our Kai Team community organisers Sarita and Michael will pick up from last week with the Korero of the problems of our current food system and the local Kai growing solutions of our mahi. Inai nei tonu whakarongo ki Sarita who will also share a Tino Pai song an iconic choice of Talking About a Revolution by Tracy Chapman. Kia ora koutou. My name is Sarita and I'm a community organiser at Go Eco Environment Centre. So my role as a community organiser basically is to build bridges and relationships between communities that help everybody move forward. This is often done at an organisational level, but the purpose of doing so is to support people on a day-to-day level that really contributes to their quality of life. The wider our community network and the quality of our relationships we have with each other determines the social capital of our society. Social capital can be defined as the links and shared values and understandings in a society that enable individuals and groups to trust each other and so work together. This is very important when we're talking about fundamental things like everybody getting food. We need to be able to trust the systems that provide us with food and feel some kind of security that we know that we're going to have something to eat tomorrow and the next day, and the next day. So when we look at the Ministry of Health Eating Guidelines for Good Health, a diet of quality fruits, veggies, whole grains, eggs, fish, dairy, meat, all of the good things, is what's recommended for people to stay happy and healthy. But when you apply that to the current systems of food distribution, Many people don't have the means to actually attain these health goals. We see a system that is based on the assumption that people actually have access to the resources to give them that quality of life. And statistics and the day-to-day lives of thousands of people will tell us that those who don't have access to the resources to buy food in these systems become marginalised and without any alternative systems to turn to, they suffer oppression 
is a natural consequence of a disjointed system. Did you know that a bottle of milk is sometimes sold cheaper in the US than it is in New Zealand? And did you know that New Zealand must compete with overseas buyers to buy our own food? Did you know that New Zealand has some of the highest food prices in the world? Did you know that 70% of the household wealth is held by 20% of households? Did you know that the wealthiest 10% of New Zealanders hold 59% of New Zealand assets and the poorest people just 2%? So we can clearly see that we have a big inequality problem in New Zealand. But what are we going to do about it? So what are we going to do for the person who doesn't know how they're going to feed their kids tomorrow? Or the person who just spent their week's budget on a power bill? Or the person who just mentally cannot handle being in a supermarket building? Or a person with a drug addiction and they can't feed their family because of it? But we don't want to talk about all that, right? People should just work harder, right? Magically release themselves from an intergenerational drug addiction culture. Magically find money to support everyone. It's completely unrealistic. And there are just so many factors that make the food system inaccessible. People are starting to lose faith in the powers that be to address the disparities that leave them cold and hungry. People are turning to other means to survive, which is completely reasonable. But this often includes crime and other things like that. So on a human level, why should you respect and adhere to a system that doesn't deliver the basic resources that are promised to you? And this is an example of what happens when social capital is lost. Clearly, our CHI systems have been industrialised and they're serving financial gain over our well-being. They're willing to see us go hungry for the sake of a dollar. That's not really on. So we find ourselves in a situation where we are faced with a choice. We can take it and perpetuate inequality, or we can take action to assert our rights for food security. We can step outside of the food system and stop seeing it as our only means of survival, as they'd like us to believe. We actually have access to a wealth of resources within our communities, and we can create systems based on trust and connection and mutual benefit that really meet our needs, not only physically, but socially, emotionally, and spiritually too. This is where we turn personal and community organising to form networks and implement inclusive systems that are subjective to the people who use them. Imagine a world where you're not stuck at home alone with your children all day. Imagine they're playing in the neighbourhood with the kids whose parents you trust. Imagine you don't have to spend your money on a lawnmower because your neighbour has one. Imagine if playgrounds weren't just a space for kids but a space for adults to connect in a productive way. Imagine if access to healthy foods without the stress of financial hardship Imagine someone stopping by with oranges surplus from their garden. Imagine a world free of isolation and oppression of the most vulnerable. Imagine a world where money is not the central resource to our well-being. Money is a very useful resource in today's world, but it is not the only resource. And we need to start thinking outside of that common narrative that money is the exclusive resource that makes us rich, abundant and happy. And we need to invest more of our energy into the other resources that exist within us. In doing so, we become our greatest asset. While the food production chain pushes this narrative of it being the only way to sustain ourselves, we can disagree and we can create a different system. This can feel like a huge and intricate task because it is, but that's why there are so many of us and there are so many of us doing amazing work out here and collaborate together to share our skills and create a movement. Every person has a role to play in the reformation of Aotearoa. 
And there are tons of gorgeous people out there just standing up and making a change. And I so respect and admire and total everything you're doing. Because every act, small or large, is an act of resistance and redirection of our food and community systems. Each time you plant a garden and share your produce, each time someone plants their berms with vegetables and flowers to share, or plants a fruit tree in a public area, we are increasing our social capital because we are increasing the level of care and trust and mutuality that we have with each other. And as you can see from our global responses to COVID-19, it is not impossible to halt production. Many things previously considered inevitable have come to a grinding halt and some of our natural environments have restored themselves as a byproduct of that. We can see how the whole world has been working together to solve a global issue and this response has shown us that it's actually possible to come together globally and address other issues too. COVID-19 has given us more perspective on what is possible and we can see a space opening up for things to be different going forward. It's the perfect time for us to stand up and assert ourselves so we can be seen and heard with the narrative going forwards. So what can we do? We can reach out to our neighbours. We can learn to rely on each other and form trustworthy and trusting relationships with those around us. We can work together towards a common goal and learn to count on each other. We learn that we need each other. And maybe most importantly, we learn that the real source of food is the whenua not the supermarket. The real source of our well-being is the environmental, social, personal situations that surround us. Imagine if you could plant a tree on your street that would benefit the well-being of your entire community. Imagine if you could just walk down the street and pick a bunch of parsley for your meal, maybe some edible flowers and a lemon. We all know that having access to fresh nutritional fruits and vegetables is foundational for our well-being and we need more freedom and rights to go and, and do these things and make these spaces beautiful and, and, and abundant. And with rights, with these rights that we want comes responsibility. So we each have the responsibility to honour our words and to be able to stand up and have conversations with people that might be hard. We need to take responsibility for our own mana and not let that be taken away by people who really, they just want our money. So kia kaha change makers, you do make a difference. So take up space, sow your seeds and watch them grow through community collective action because we all got you. We're all banding together and we're creating change. At Goeka, we have many learning opportunities if you're wanting to learn more about what you can do. Um, we hold workshops regularly where you can learn about seed propagation, creating a garden, rainwater harvesting, making biochar, trapping the pests to save the birds, just to name a few. If you'd like to find out more about what we do, head over to our website at goeco.org.nz. We've got some cool projects on you might like to get involved in, or you might have something special you'd like to share in a workshop. Yeah, we would love to see you. He kai kei aku ringa. There is food at the end of my hands. Don't you know? Talking about a revolution sounds like Don't you know? Talking about a revolution sounds like a whisper. While they're standing in the welfare lines, crying at the doorsteps of those armies of salvation, wasting time in the unemployment lines, sitting around.
Michael, I work at the Waikato Environment Center, and my role sits within one of its projects called Tipunakaya Waikato. Tipunakaya Waikato is really a network of Kai projects, and my role within that network is to offer community support, provide education, and create uh, and aid in the setting up of new projects. My personal history is in horticulture, and I've since worked in different parts of the sector, from the growing of ornamental flowers, to organic herbs, to landscaping, to commercial agriculture, and so on. Working in all these different fields, really the environmental aspects and and also the impacts have come into the focus of my mind, really. Within my role at GoEco, I try to focus on really the environmental impacts of our food growing, on our food growing systems. Really, our current systems are not really, they're not the most sustainable options we have, I believe. As we're all dealing with greater population density, we're putting a lot more pressure on the surrounding environments in order to grow food. And still, but one third of our food going to waste and not being eaten, we're, we're bound to run on a deficit. So where our food comes from, our engagement with the food, with the land, with the soil, really is, to me, the only way forward. That's why the focus really in my work is, is on the growing kai and to help and support people in, on that journey. We offer community support in many different ways uh, in the support of, through running workshops on certain topics and helping to prune fruit trees at the Western Community Center as part of a workshop was one, one of the things we did. And we're planning to do it on an annual basis. Now also, we created a number of projects ourselves. One is called one is the car park garden behind behind Coeco in Frankton. Now this is really an experiment on growing food in an urban environment, an urban setting, using this car park. And this is really a situation that a lot of us are faced with these days. 
no no access to soil, living in rental and properties, without, uh, and still a lot of people want to engage in the growing of food. Urban environments can be quite challenging. Not much water is retained. Most water runs down the drain. Uh, they're a lot hotter and a lot less biodiverse, which makes the growing of food more challenging. It became very clear in the first period of this project that the retention of water and the increase of biodiversity are really key key points in trying to create a garden in a challenging environment like this. So although these are not, it's not the most ideal environment, there's a lot of things you can do and a lot of things you can grow in urban environments. Now another project we started was the the heritage seed garden at the Kukutaruhe community garden. Now this seed garden really came through a realization that the growing of food goes hand in hand with the growing of seed. Without seed, there's really no food. So this garden really acted as a another educational tool in order to raise awareness on the importance of locally grown seed can be adapted to the local environments that they're grown in. As seeds, plants grow in certain environments, they adapt to, a, to that particular environment. So just as local food has a lot of benefits, locally grown seeds have just as many benefits. Now, a lot of the environmental impacts and the true costs of our food stay hidden to us. The true costs go of the daily food we eat of, go beyond of what we pay in the supermarket. The transportation costs, the loss of topsoil, the loss of biodiversity, deforestation, all the things that come together in order to produce the food that we're eating on a daily basis really shows our connection to this, the processes on it and the effects that we can have through the daily choices and through the daily things we do and through the daily most human act of eating. Now, growing food locally can bring a lot of these true costs of our food right down. And if we keep the environmental impacts in mind, really the, the costs of local food are a lot, lot cheaper. The human relationships and the, the through the direct engagings in the food growing project uh, progress and the sharing of food can be immensely rewarding. Part of our growing, food growing project is older is also the dealing with organic waste. Organic waste really helps to close the cycle of going from the seed to the vegetable to the scraps and waste produced, going, bringing it back to, into the soil in order to close that cycle. So as part of our car park garden, we also focus on the, the recycling of organic waste in, the, in these environments through composting, web farming, and bringing, bringing all these nutrients that we, that we personally don't consume, bringing them back to the soil so we can create other things that we can consume. Again, bringing things back to the soil where they came from and looking after the soil has to be the way forward. The decrease of biodiversity has been one of the major detrimental effects of our agricultural system. So going forward, also in the planning of our cities for the future, where more and more people are going to live in, in closer proximity to each other, we really need to look at the effect that that is going to have on, on biodiversity in our environment. And how can we look after the biodiversity in our immediate environments? Really, it is to our own benefit in order to, incre to increase biodiversity, as we can see in many examples. Our current agricultural systems are working on monocultures, really the, the opposite of biodiversity, and you have to struggle in order to keep plants alive. You have to continuously increase the effort for the yield that you get. Really looking after biodiversity, looking after the, the organisms in the soil and 
within our environment really is to our own benefit. So the future planning of our city really needs to keep this in mind. The care for trees, care for our green spaces, the care for us really needs to needs to come through an engagement with our with our direct environment. So in that way, uh, the growing of kai, the growing of food for us, really goes hand in hand with the restoration of our gullies, the, the design of our urban green spaces, with, and with the design and with the immediate gardens in our homes. It has shown many times that biodiverse environments are a lot more resilient to change. And so it is in your garden. Now, spraying is a particular controversial topic, but I personally see many incidents where looking after natural predators helps to reduce pest pressure on plants. When I say natural predators, I'm talking about parasitic wasps. Now, for the future, we really need to think twice about the land that we're building on and whether it can't be used in any, in any better way. Once we sealed off and tarmacked our surfaces, it becomes hard to restore a healthy soil underneath. For the future planning of our cities, we need to increase and encourage food growing spaces right in our local environments in order to cut carbon costs of the food that we eat. This has to be the way forward for our future.
Kei te whakarongo mai, kweki he puna kōrero, a show hosted by Go Eco Waikato. Kosarita Tera, followed by Michael, talking about the problems and solutions for a low-carbon, equitable food system. Michael's song choice was Lumo Morte, fraught with all the eyes. That siblings making neo-folk for darkened cinema music across the oceans of Aotearoa and Canada. Goeko Waikato Environment Centre are a not-for-profit environment hub with biodiversity, kai, transport and enterprise projects. You can find out more about our work on social media, Goeko Waikato, by heading to our website, goeko.org.nz, or better yet, pop in 188 Commerce Street, Frankton, Hamilton. Kiri kiri doa. If you would like to hire the space, you can contact Sandra in our shop. Join us again Atera when we hear from Simon and Jacob to Corridor Climate Action, providing the solution for transport problems and our bike hub. Kia pai tora e huama. Episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.